Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome, OT entrepreneurs, to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 62, where we will be discussing systems. (sighs) Yep, that's a giant yawn. And I'm not yawning just because I'm coming to you from Studio C right now where the lights are out. (laughs) Sometimes I swear being a single parent is not all it's cracked up to be because this ceiling is a lot taller than I am. I digress. Yawn because systems, we want to listen to a podcast about systems. Snooze. A quote that I say all the time from Michael Gerber in The E-Myth, you've heard me say it once, you'll hear me say it again. He coined the term working in your business instead of working on your business. And that is a big part of what I teach people here in OTs Get Paid. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, but, you know, yawn. Until, boom, I hit upon a great quote from an article I read, and that is the title of this podcast, Systems Win, Heroes Don't. Love it. This is from an article that I read in Forbes magazine, which highlighted a billionaire business owner, Clay Mathilde. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that the French way. Maybe those outside of Canada would say it Mathilde. Not sure. At any rate, Monsieur Mathilde (laughs) made his billion as the owner of IAMS, which is a pet food company. And I enjoyed this article and I felt it was relevant to those of us who are OTs and are in OT business because he is a very humble person. He brought a lot of wisdom to his article. He started a non-for-profit actually as an incubator to pass along his knowledge. As I mentioned, he's also a billionaire. So yeah, I'm going to listen to that person. And uh, he's not going up in a rocket with his money. So I'm going to listen to that billionaire even more. At any rate, he came up with systems win and heroes don't. 
And we're going to talk about that today. So let's talk about growth. Many of you, if you're kind of past that start stage, late start stage, growth and scale phase, you know you've got a product and you have a great audience and you have sold some things. You have figured out marketing, you have figured out sales, you have figured out finances for the most part. And I bet you're just starting to work on operations, time management, etc. And right now, you have to do all of the things. You are spread too thin. Where do you put that time? Where do you spend your money? Where are you going to find the confidence and the energy to keep going? And why isn't this getting easier? Back to that Michael Gerber Emoth quote, right? Too much in your business, not enough on your business. Newsflash, you are the bottleneck of your OT business if you resonate with all of this. I'm lifting up my hand in the dark. <laughs> you can't see me because it's really dark in here. <laughs> but I have been that bottleneck many times. And that's one of the reasons I started this business. If you are in the growth phase and in the scale phase, you are realizing that you are doing more and more and more and you are hitting a ceiling. Like I said, I did. And P.S., my guest who's coming up has been there as well. There's no being a hero at this point. Being a hero doesn't work. You are working too hard. You are swinging from the fences. You are hit and miss. There's no flying in on your super cape to figure it all out. At this point, what is the solution? Systems is the solution, which is kind of simple. So let's jazz it up a little bit and take it from yawn to boom. We're going to go back to Michael Gerber for a second. Here's a quote that I loved from his book to just dig a little deeper on what we are going to be talking about today. And that is, the secret to this is to organize around business functions and not people. You need to build the systems within your business and let the systems run the business and the people run the systems. Okay, you can't see this, but my guest is like nodding their head. Yeah, it's going to be a good combo. People come and people go, but the systems are what remains constant. And I also know that the majority of people that contact me to work with me one-on-one or have a CEO payday or join the 100K Club, they know this. They might not come in with these exact words, but they'll say things like, this is a biggie I hear. I need a policies and procedures manual. Mm-mm. No, you don't. I need to know how to organize my team. I need to hire somebody and get things off my plate. I just don't know what. Okay. If these things are resonating with you, systems is the answer. Please go back to episode 52, where I talk about my two basic productivity systems. Those are systems. That'll be a nice place to start if you're thinking about productivity. We do have a few freebies. We have, of course, the strategic plan. That's another episode in the podcast with a template where I talk about the number one way to make money in your business is to have a strategic plan. We have another great freebie, the weekly CEO report that helps with gathering data and your ideas. And I do want to let you know that we have a offer that will help you with this. And this is all about the 100K Club. Right now, we are relaunching the 100K Club. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that in the ads that we're running. But because some of you listen to this in real time, while we want this to be evergreen, I want you to hear this solution. The 100K Club gives growth and scale 
to OT business owners. It gives them the tools, the tracking tools, the data, when to track, how to track, et cetera. It's not just a decision tree. It's still applicable to your business and your business alone. And you can gather all the data. We tell you what levers to pull and when to pull them and how to communicate all of this with your team. So if you're interested, please reach out to us. But let's get to the meat of this. Let's meet our next guest. I have known this person for a few years now. In true transparent fashion, this next guest hired me one-on-one to help them closer to the startup phase of their business. We have been trying for almost two years now to get this podcast off the ground, (laughs) this particular recording. We almost did it last year, and then life got in the way. I have seen this guest go through ups and downs of business. What's really cool about this guest is they run a product-based business, which isn't that typical for OTs. Most OTs run a service-based business. Our guest runs this business with her husband. Like so many of you, she has small children, one smaller than the others, gotta say. Heard her on a call the other day. Babble phase, my favorite. And, you know, juggles it all as a working parent. They're Canadian. We know we like to rep our Canadians here. One of the other things I love about this guest is that they've reached outside the OT bubble and sampled a lot of different coaching and consulting as solutions, and that is just such an important thing to draw on. We definitely do great work here at OTs Get Paid, and yet I love to hear what else is out there so you can compare and contrast. This person's very humble, which is why I kind of love the Clay Mathilde tie-in from the quote in the beginning, but also has a heck ton of grit and resilience. One of her superpowers is to be self-reflective. And guess what? She also has her own podcast. Ah! I'm so excited to welcome Ashley Raina today. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks, Trish, for that. That was beautiful. Thank oh, you. I'm that so beautiful glad. intro. I'm so glad. You're welcome. So let's jump right in. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I I mean, you alluded to it last year. We actually, we got on that, that call. The mm-hmm. podcast was, we had a date on the calendar mm-hmm. and I was like, um, I'm three months pregnant and I just don't have the bandwidth for this right now. And at the time I was really, really sad. I am sure I cried about it because I really wanted to go through with that, but I knew that the timing wasn't right. And fast forward to today, you know, it's like, oh, the timing, you know, it just, things work when they work. And when we can let go of that, it is really beautiful how it unfolds. I agree. And I know you well enough that I'm sure you won't mind me sharing, that it wasn't just about being pregnant and all those hormones. Like, I kind of had to talk you into it at that point. I was like, we could talk about this. Like, I really wanted to highlight you because of all that you've done in your very unique business. And I know, and I want to make sure we don't kind of lose this throughout, but a big part of it was, I don't know what I would say. I don't feel like I have the voice to voice what I want to say. And I remember of course, honoring that. And that's why I talk about your self-reflection piece. And I got to say, you're showing up as a very different (laughs) OT CEO now than we would have been a year ago. Yeah, it's really true. And I appreciated that reflection because I can feel it. There's huge growth that we've done as a company and as I think solidifying my place in the business and solidifying my role in the business. And I own my role. 
And I think last year I was still figuring out how to own my role Mm -hmm. and I was still having some imposter syndrome. And now I'm like, nope, this is who I am. This is what we offer. We're doing awesome things and let's go. So it is, it's, it's very different from, and I think I had a hard time showing up because I wanted to show up like that. Yeah. But I was having a hard time pulling it in. I wondered, and as, and I do want to get, because people are like, what the heck does Ashley do? I do want to get to this part, <laughs> this first question. But I will say, you know, there wouldn't have been anything wrong with you showing up in the other way before. I think you may have if the hormones weren't also going, <laughs> right? I think you're right. Like, I might have been able to kind of push you <laughs> off that ledge a little. However, you and I share that philosophy of everything happens in the right time. And, yeah. and I don't want people listening to this episode. I mean, they're going to get blown away by what you've done. And I mm. want to constantly remind people that things are not always this way and that we've all had our ups and downs. And it's just really oh my. nice for you to be able to share that, right? Oh, say, yeah. A year yeah. ago, I would have sounded differently. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. So let's get into how you get paid, Ashley, meaning tell me about you and what you actually do. Yeah. So I wear two business hats. I... I'm like, I'm an OT. We're so used to saying that, <laughs> duh, of course. <laughs> it's okay. It's a good start. It's occupational uh, roles. <laughs> so I work as a pediatric OT and I have been in private practice. Well, I've been in peds for the last 10 plus years and I've been in private practice on and off, but for the last three. And that has looked like full-time to part-time. And right now I would say... I'm probably spending a day a week in that role. And that's how I get paid. The future way I will get paid is through Therabyte. So Therabyte is a practice management software or EMR built by myself and my husband. And it is my passion. And it's what I wanted. So when I first started in private practice, I was so frustrated by being on Word, then Excel, then my paper calendar. And it just was so annoying to be bouncing back and forth. And I do not like mundane tasks and I don't like data entry. Oh, so you're a true visionary. You're built to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I put this kid's name there and now I'm putting this kid's name there. There's got to be a better way. This is just ridiculous. And so that's kind of where the idea of Therabyte came from and why it's such a passion because I want to see other practitioners have what I didn't have when I started and to be supported in the way I wanted to be when I first started in my private practice. So how does one, like paint a little bit more of a story for us. How does one go from being in Vernon, BC saying, I hate putting this client, this kid's name on 14 (laughs) different pages, and then all of a sudden deciding to start a tech product company? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. So that would be my husband. Um, (laughs) Me complaining about the problem and he was just finishing school and in you know, programming and information systems. He's like, I could build that. I could build you something. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. Like, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. And he just kept coming back to, I can solve that problem. Mm -hmm. I can solve that problem. And so it took a couple of years of him and I going back and forth on that. I had a baby, we moved, like lots of things happened. And then we're like, okay, we either need to do this or stop talking about it. Mm. And so we were actually in Alberta and that's when we moved to BC about six years ago. And we're like, okay, this is it. And we hired our first programmer and we started making the first version of Therabyte. So I would say that the driving force there really was him. 
he gave that tech-minded push and he's like, no, we're going to solve this problem. This is a solvable problem and we can figure it out. So we've talked in the past about visionaries and integrators. Uh And it sounds like you and Mike, am I right to say that you had even the bigger vision and Mike then took on a bit more of the integrator role? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fun to have it under the same roof? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, you know, it does speak to your bigger vision for Therapite. Tell me about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, I do think that, you know, even today, most of the EMRs that are out there are still missing the mark. And I want to live in a world where it's not a question. When you go into private practice, you get an EMR. You know, I think there's still a lot of people, oh, do I need a system? Do I not need a system? Yes, you do. (laughs) So I want to live in this world where people are like, yes, it's better. I'm not wasting my time. I'm being more efficient by having this EMR, but I want them to do more. And so with Therabyte, our vision is that it really will be that admin assistant that's like, oh, hey, you need to, this contract is coming up for renewal. You know, having this assistant that's reminding you, oh, you haven't seen this client in a while. Oh, you have these notes that are unfinished. I want it to do all of those things, not just hold data and not just, you know, yes, we can carry people through from intake, you know, to that invoice, but I want it to be more than that. I want it to really be this place when you come, you know what's going on in your business, you know what needs to happen next with little effort. That's my vision. That's so good. And that's why you're such a perfect person to talk to today because, you know, as we were prepping for this podcast, I wanted to find that balance between talking about your system specifically, highlighting you as an OT in the growth phase, and we'll talk about that in a second, and everything that you've done. And also, it seemed like every time we chatted, you were talking more about systems being the solution to your growth, right? So Mm, that's mm -hmm. why I love you as like the person for this topic. So (laughs) thumbs up. Okay, so (laughs) you took the OTs get paid quiz, but it was a while ago? Yeah, I took it probably a year ago. And I'm pretty sure I was the underpaid. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my clients started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Hustler, which whichever <laughs> category that That's not was. what it's called, but I love it. <laughs> underpaid <laughs> therapist with a business. But yeah, underpaid hustler. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I copyright that, please? Can yes, you can. That? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's better. Okay. I think so. Yes. And I think where you are now, we can talk about this as we talk more about like income and different areas of business. Yeah. I would guess that you're in the growth phase, that feast or famine. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't call it feast or famine. What's really unique about, and when you were introducing me and Therabyte, Mm -hmm. it is a product, Mm -hmm. but what we have built is a SaaS company. So software Mm -hmm. as a service. And so it is a Mm -hmm. product, but it is a service. 
it's software as a service. And so it's not a product in the sense of like, here's a pencil, great. Mm -hmm. And with that, there is some steady growth and some sustainability where we don't necessarily see these big swings Mm -hmm. one way or the other. We do see times of increased subscription, but there's usually this general trickle and this consistency month over month because of the type of business model a SaaS company is because we're working on subscriptions and an EMR is a really sticky solution. When people love it, they stay. They just, they hook into it and they're there for as long as their business runs. They don't leave as long as we keep them happy. Okay. So I will say I have seen the word SaaS, big S, small A, small A. Is it another big S at the end? It is. Like a hundred (laughs) thousand times. And to the point where I keep thinking... I got to figure out what that stands for. (laughs) It's like the old LMAO, right? When my kids would say, like, and yes, my kids do swear at me or whatever, LFAO (laughs) or whatever it is, LMFAO or something. Um, Honestly, like, I'm so thrilled that you actually told me what a SaaS system was. I was going to ask, but seriously, (laughs) I've looked at that a hundred times and been like, I got no idea. So my just kind of went for a second. Software is a service. Neat. I just learned about that. Yeah. Fabulous. Product and a service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Okay. So with this SaaS company, product as a service, product and a service, let's talk about your income and your impact goals for the company in the next year couple of years coming up. Yeah. This is this has been a tricky one over the years. It's always been about the impact for me. I I still I mean, we all have money stories, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm still working through a lot of mine mm-hmm. <laughs> with Mike. And but it's uh, you know it's been about I just want to see this transformation for OTs. And really for me, highlighting OTs was important because when I looked at what was available, well, I mean, when we first had this idea nine years ago, there wasn't anything. Like a lot of the companies that are big now were just starting at that point in time. Mm. And even today in Canada, there's no other OT based EMR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being specific to OT was really important to me because I feel that we are always having to fit our mold <laughs> into Gosh. other people's systems. Right. Okay. Well, we could try to be like a counselor. Okay. Well, this is for physios. We could try to make that work. It's like, let's stop making things try to work. We do that a lot as OTs. And I wanted this to be specific to OTs. Coincidentally, OTs and SLPs, we have a lot of similarities. And so that's really our target market. And we see other people come in, social workers and counselors that like what we do. But the, the impact was really on that OT SLP focus because no one else was building for them. And so I was like, I'm here, I'm going to build for you. (laughs) And at the beginning, when we were working with some of our coaches at Accelerate Okanagan, there was really some pushback. The market's not big enough. That's too niche. And I'm like, but you have... You got that from Accelerate Okanagan? I did. I didn't know that. I know that you had gone... I think after you worked with me, you went to them next. That's actually... You got accepted, which is why you left. Well, so we'd them. worked, yeah, so we'd worked with them a couple times. We okay. first started working with them in 2016 when we first moved to Vernon. We did their venture acceleration and learned mm-hmm. just a lot about marketing and sales and business mm-hmm. plans and kind of got our feet wet into mm-hmm. how do you build a business and how do you build a tech business and what mm-hmm. does that look like? But yeah, there was definitely this pushback. I mean, in Canada, there's like, oh, I'm going to get the number wrong, 15,000 OTs. 
So like there's a lot, but it's not a huge market, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was tough because, and to your last episode about data and intuition, it's like, yes, I know that there's not a ton of them, but I know they'll resonate. I know this is what people need. And so it was really tough because for a couple of years, we kept pushing against this like, "Mm, but your market's not big enough. Mm, Your market's Mm -hmm. not big enough. And it's like, oh, but I know they want it. I know they want it. And then because not many people know OTs, you know, and our profession is a bit obscure, it was hard for other people out of the therapy world, out of the medical world to understand the potential impact that what we were building could have. (sighs) I feel like I went off track there. You no, were no, it's me a great about and, impact and, and income. And but. I'll bring you back, but just before yeah. I do, like I feel that to my bones, right? I remember when I started this. I mean, oh gosh, Ashley, like what incredible copy! The part about we have to make everything fit for us, <laughs> and we just wanted something that fit. Like that's actually exactly why I started this podcast, and it's exactly yeah. why you know I do what I do now because I did it by myself on the end of a dock. Was right. when I figured it out. And then I started interpreting all these business books. And I remember vividly, you know, I didn't share with a ton of people in the beginning what I was thinking about doing, but those that got it kind of got it and their eyes would light up and then they'd say, oh my gosh, you should also market that to physicians. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, no. I don't know how to run a physician-based business. Like, why would I teach anybody how to do that? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear you. But what I didn't know is you were getting a bit of pushback. Okay. Oh, yeah. So impact, impact, impact. We've talked about that. Let's talk about some numbers because people do love the numbers. Yeah. So our goal this year is 120K. Gross. And gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there's kind of your realistic, your hairy audacious goal. Mm -hmm. That was our like, if we continue on the track we've been going on, plus a bit of growth, that's where we expect to get. So far, we've been able to double our revenue each year, and that is our goal. So That's we're going to double from last year and then some. And so it gets harder every year, mm-hmm. right, to mm-hmm. double, but that is our goal over the next five years is to continue to double the gross revenue of the business. And this is like where that intuition piece comes in. I'm like, I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. I know the people are out there. It's mm-hmm. about you know expanding that reach and finding them because when we do find people and when I do see the transformations in their business and when I do hear how much they love our product, it's like, oh my gosh, we need to share this with more people. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I agree with you. I also think, not I also think, what I know to be true for my own businesses and for all the consulting I've done is there is a very different set of tasks that is required to get to 100K full-time. I mean, those 10K months, right? Like that's the first big hurdle. And then after that, which is why I separate like Road to 100K from 100K Club, because there's a different set of things you need to work on. And that's actually one of the things we give people in the quiz, the results. There's a different set of tasks. So you've actually... What I think we're going to hear from this podcast is you can see it with two different hats. Like in the start phase, I did this, this, and this. And now, and in fact, I don't think you need as many systems in the start phase. Like it really is hustle, like you said. You know, yeah, that's true. Although I think in our tech-based software as a service business, that's actually what we've been doing. We've spent the last two years focusing on our backend systems. 
And in order for our business to scale, we needed really solid systems. We needed a sales pipeline. We needed a way to onboard people. We needed a way to educate people on our software. We needed a way to for people to try it. And so it has been building this funnel of you get to try it, then you get to move into purchasing it. What does that look like? And then creating those systems and then creating automation within those systems. So two years ago, if you signed up for a trial, that was me. I was like, do, 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 right? (laughs) And I created the trial. And one day I was like, Mike, I am not doing it anymore. (laughs) Like this has got to end. And that's when we hired our first VA and she started making all the trials. And now if you ask me today to create it, I couldn't actually do it. And it's Mm -hmm. automated. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's automated. And the reason it took us a little more time, and I think a bit different in this tech business, is uh, if you're a coach, you can use yeah. Katra and I don't know, like these other systems. We built it. We had to build it. It had to be native within our application. So it was all our own coding. And so all of our forms, all of that is our own build. So it took a little bit more time for us to feel comfortable moving to that growth and scale phase. We had to have the systems in place to make things automatic. And so now when you sign up for a trial, it happens. When you pay, it happens. We don't have to have any touch points. We like to have touch points and I insist on having touch points. And I know at some point in the business that may change, but it's important to me that everyone who comes in knows that we're here and we're available and we're going to support you. Whenever I recommend you to others, formally, casually, it's back to story, right? It's back to not only do I say, and it's run by a husband and wife and she's an OT and he's a tech guy because it's a great story. It's also, and then I often follow it up with, if you have any questions, they're right there. (laughs) <laughs> Those are some of the real benefits because I know I've seen your setup over Zoom. Like there have been your children playing on a swing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got major monitors in front of you. <laughs> and you're like, 1-800-therabyte. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, it is you, right? It's been you and yeah. Mike for a long time. And I yeah. love that about your business. Yeah. So you've talked about a marketing and sales system, right? Traveling yeah. and onboarding clients. Yeah. What other systems do you have in place for profit? And then I'll ask you for clarity and then I'll ask you for Hmm. Um, in terms of financial, in terms of anything that in your opinion relates to making money. What other systems do you have in place? Well, the first thing we did was we built a help desk. And that Mm -hmm. was really important because so for us, things really took off at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, everybody was online and everyone was looking for solutions. And we, at that point, didn't have any resources for how people could interact with our software. And so that was the first system that we set up was this very robust articles, videos that coach people through. That. So first we did the videos, then mm-hmm. I hired someone to take the videos and turn them into articles I remember that. and kind of meshing all of that yep. together. That was because I found myself on call saying the same thing over and over. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, hold it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't keep repeating myself. One, I'm bored. And two... <laughs> a true visionary. If you didn't like... If you didn't like filling out no spreadsheets with no kid's name, (laughs) you are not going to like that part of your job. No. (laughs) No. So I was like, okay, I can record a video. And so that was the first system that we set up was the help desk. And then after that, it was 
trials and what does that look like and creating a way for people to trial it and then automating that onboarding process. The other one, so I mean, what's really cool, so we're providing practice management software or a client management software. We also use one. So setting up systems within our CRM, what does the R stand for? Client relationship? relationship? Yeah. We use a CRM that holds our customer information. It holds all of our email marketing. And so depending on which stream you come into our company, there's some kind of automated email marketing to try to engage you and push you to the next step. So once we had the articles in place, then it was building, okay, now how can we pull those articles into email copy to guide people through when they're doing the trial? Which one do you use? We use one called Fresh Sales. Hmm, I've never heard it's, of it. Yeah, it's not very common. And we'll probably get to this, but because of who my husband is, he's always like, let's find the cheapest thing possible that will do what we need. <laughs> and to his credit, it has allowed us to do a lot of things with a little bit of money. And so what we also end up doing is he's very much a early adopter of technology. And so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the tools that we use are smaller companies that aren't as big, but it's nice because it's like we get them, right? Because we're we're there too. Same, same. Yeah. Same, same. Oh, I, I like that. Thank you for sure. Fresh Sales is info. a big company though. I mean, they're not HubSpot, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'm Googling them right now. Oh, wait. A meal program came up instead. <laughs> um, they've changed no, here their... we go. Freshworks.com. Yeah. They've changed their That's name a couple Fresh times. Sales. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they also deliver dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I Talk wish. Talk about an Ascension model. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about some of your favorite systems for clarity? So in the OTs Get Paid Framework, clarity is about strategic planning. It's about productivity. It's about tracking your own data. We talked a little bit about that in your CRM. It's about dating yourself as CEO, creating your own time to plan and reflect, et cetera. What systems do you have in place for that? that yeah. Have made a big Those are a lot messier. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, you did um, the profit one first. That's great. <laughs> Those, yeah, those ones are messier. Um, they're coming together, but creating those systems for me has required hiring people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing that's super interesting, being someone who built a system, I like when a system works. If mm-hmm. you can introduce a system to me that works, like it's golden, right? Mm-hmm. But it can be a bit tough to adopt them mm-hmm. at times or to set them up. And so hiring people and hiring things that are already in place Mm-hmm. is kind of what I love. Um, so that started... Example? I And I don't know if this is my OT brain, but I I, I want to keep reinventing things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, here's my CEO day. It's going to look like this. And then I'm like, oh, and then next week I'm like, oh, but it's like I get these ideas and mm-hmm. then I have a hard time sticking with that one thing. That and is so- the visionary in you. That is the visionary <laughs> in you. OT, maybe yes, but for sure... A visionary. Yeah. And so sometimes I have a hard time reining myself in and yeah. keeping myself on one track. Yeah. And that's where working with coaches and working with like this year, we hired marketing coaches, we've worked with business coaches, and having those people being part of that cadence and those systems. Yeah, cadence. 
great work. Has been really important to keeping me on track to the clarity of where we're going. And I think too, I don't know if others that work with their husbands find this, but you know, it's like we're married and we have children and we run a business together. And so, you know, at like eight o'clock at night, we're talking about a customer. We're talking about, you know, the next feature we should build. And it doesn't always look like, okay, now we're sitting down and having a project management meeting. Now we're sitting down and having a marketing meeting. We've tried and it's hard to keep us accountable to those times. So when we bring other people in, then we do. And so that's where having a business coach and a cadence in meeting them keeps us on track with sticking to our year goals and our vision. The pros and the cons. I find that so <laughs> fascinating. I love it. You know, I yeah. also came up with something popped into my mind when you were talking and that is, so A, you're a visionary, B, you're an OT, and C, it is quite literally your job to reinvent systems. Right. <laughs> and it made me think about how hard it is for me as a parent and as a pediatric OT not to see my kids every minute of every day as something to be solved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm almost, gosh, what's the word? It's not catastrophizing. Oh, what is it? No, pathologizing. Well, mm. I'm almost like pathologizing my own kids growing up because they'll even say, like, even my daughter, you know this, she went off to, you know, first year, like last week. And she's been saying to me, like, she's not in love with the food at the cafeteria. And she's a pretty good eater. Like, it's not really yeah. her issue. And automatically, I go to like OTP's brain. Right. And I'm like, well, you really should focus on hydration and protein. <laughs> and you know, what about, and I'm, she's got some sensory stuff. So I'm like, well, what about a protein on the go? What about a smoothie? What about like fruit? You always love your fruit, right? Like all of this. Yeah. And then I'm like, why can't you just listen to your silly kid and just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That Sometimes- is being... Oh, cafeteria food isn't great, right? That so resonates. It's like everything's a problem to be solved. Yeah, exactly. And so no wonder for you specifically, it would be hard. Like me specifically, it was hard just to sit and listen to my kids say, so on and so forth treated me like garbage today. Or boy, I'm not getting enough nutrition. Or I've had a cold since the day I got to university. I'm like, like, but I do pathologize all of it, including my sister's kids, right? And for you, it would be that how could you possibly sit down and work through a system that somebody gave you, (laughs) right? On a regular basis when you've got your husband, esposa, is that how you say husband? Because I know he's Spanish. That that would be wife, esposa. No, sorry, esposa is wife, esposo. Okay, that's, I'm relatively fluent in French. That's my, that's how Mm -hmm. I stop in Spanish. And, you know, Mike's from Colombia, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that. That's why I tried to get all fancy. Okay. So I can totally see that. Like I can feel you sitting down now at like your quote unquote CEO time and being like, oh, I'm rebelling against this. This is hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yes. I was actually thinking today. So I think four months ago, we hired this marketing duo out of Mm -hmm. Kelowna. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking today, I was like, do they hate me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I should say, do they hate working with me? Because they're like, Ashley, do this. I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, because I have this other idea or I have this other thing. And I, anyways, so I've been working really hard at like, okay, we made a plan together. So with them, what we've been doing recently, it's been awesome. Every 60 days we have a meeting mm-hmm. and we look at what are our goals? Where are we going? 
what happened over the last 60 days and where are we going for the next 60 days? And we take a look at our marketing activities. So that's one system. Another one I have in place is our analytics. So we keep track of any kind of lead. I actually have my assistant take lead data every day, which it allows us to keep like a really good pulse on who's coming in, who's trialing, who's buying. And then... So she gathers all of that data on a daily basis. And then on a monthly basis, we have a spreadsheet that she puts that data in. And then I go and I take a look at the data and I'm going, okay, where are we at? What are we seeing increasing? And then I'm taking that data back to my conversation. Now that we've got these marketing coaches, I'm taking back, okay, this is what we're seeing. This is what the data is showing us. I want more numbers Honestly, like I, I know there are probably more numbers that we could get, but I'm working with the numbers that we have. I'd love to dissect it a little bit more. And again, because we, all of our forms, we built ourselves. Yeah. It's a little bit trickier to get some of the data off of them. And, and maybe that's just because I'm not a, I'm not a data analyst, you know, it's actually been something I'm like, I think I'm getting to a place where, I mean, I have for a long time, but I'm like, we might be ready to pull a data analyst into our team because I would love to have more data about what we're doing to drive which marketing activities we're going to focus on because what's, you know, what specifically is moving the needle? I can see that the needle's moving, but it's like, what was it? It's sometimes hard to put your finger on it because I'll have people be like, oh yeah, I saw you in an ad from CAOT. Well, that was a year ago, you know? And so then when they come in and they just Google searched us, it's like, but you really came from there, right? So I'm going to argue, I think you are more of a data analyst than you realize. <laughs> and I actually I'm, I'm learning. I'm that learning we all for sure. Are, yeah. Because we were all, my thoughts are that we were all schooled and even I went to the most non-traditional OT school in Canada, McMaster University, but even I was taught how to do an assessment and how to get the data and then how to interpret that data, right? So anytime I would sell parents on an assessment and I was in private practice for a while and they'd be like, holy cow, that's a lot of money. I'd make sure that part of my marketing conversation with them was, don't forget, there's all this time for interpretation, Right? Yeah, you know, yep. managing the data, interpreting the data. And I'm hearing, I can just totally see you again. We're speaking peds here, yeah. doing like an M fun and you being like, oh, <laughs> now what? Like that was often yeah. my favorite part too, was like piecing the puzzle together. Oh, drawing totally. a picture with this data. And oh, so yeah. I feel like, and you know, funnily enough, I did a lot of the same things. I built a lot of my own spreadsheets or found ones that I loved, which is what I share in 100K Club. And I feel like there's this balance between and this is going to lead us into the impact part um, that we're going to next, is like, what is, because I actually love the data too, but what is the data that I really need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because you can get lost in it and you can feel overwhelmed or you're like me and actually, I don't even like paying other people to gather that data because I actually get a kick out of it. Mm, I, don't. I actually really love. It. Yeah. Okay. There's the difference. But whatever. Like we, <laughs> yep. at the end of the day, we both have a spreadsheet yeah. that has a bunch of numbers on it. But yeah. what are those actual numbers? Right. right. Um, Do you want to know? Are you sure. asking? Well, hypothetically, I was asking, but go for it. How many newsletter signups? How many people are trialing? How many people paid? And then we take a look at what's our conversion from website leads to trials. What's our conversion from trial to paid? And then we look overall at the number of visits to our site and what our website conversion 
rate is. Now, all of those in that spreadsheet, I give credit to Robin, who is a marketing coach that we worked with actually just after we worked with you and we got connected back into Accelerate Okanagan. She was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And she had worked high level marketing CMO and her influence on helping me to know what data to focus on and what to collect. And I remember the time she's like, this is... And I remember looking at the spreadsheet being like, how am I going to do that? I don't know how I'm going to get all those numbers. Where do I get those numbers from? And I remember being really frustrated. She's like, Ashley, this is the simple sheet. (laughs) This is like, this is the basic. There's a lot more that you could track. L-I-T-E. This is the sheet light. (laughs) L-I-T-E. Good luck. But again, coming back to coaches, they, so we had, you know, working with Robin, she really helped highlight, these are the numbers you need to pay attention to. And when we worked with those coaches, there was another lady who was in the financial side of things. I remember that. I remember you Yeah. And so it's like, okay, these are the marketing numbers Mm -hmm. you need to look at. These are the financial numbers that you need Mm -hmm. to look at. And you need to look at them every month. And I was overwhelmed by that. But since I've hired people to collect it all. Yeah. Yeah. So like we have a bookkeeper, we have the VA, they collect all the data and then I can... Mm -hmm look at it and see, okay, where are we going? You know, you've quite literally described my favorite part of this part of business, which is that transition. And I don't know what it is. It just lights me up. That transition from intentionally winging it, winging it with intention, kind of looking like a swan on the top and the feet on the bottom going, like some days I really looked like a hot mess in the startup phase, but other days I looked less like a hot mess, but I still was, to the like actual growth with intention. Gosh, I'm going to use cadence again. I just love that word. Cadence, plan, systems, goal setting, like, and it can be done. Yeah. Just and here, part of I'll say this because I, I was thinking about this this morning and the magic really comes in the doing and getting started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I started, I mean, that was two years ago when mm-hmm. that spreadsheet was first introduced to me and it was super overwhelming. Yeah. And I didn't understand how to make sense of the numbers mm-hmm. and what I was looking at and what the percentages meant, mm-hmm. but I had to start. Yeah. And I, Another thing I've seen a lot in the growth of this business is I have to get in and do it first, and then I can teach somebody else how to do it. Interesting. And not everyone might be that way, but I am a very much an experiential learner. I think it's very common. I think yeah. based on the end of however many OTs I've talked to in the growth phase and of maybe hundreds, hundreds, thousands, I think you're right because I'm exactly the same way. Like yeah. giving me a trusted resource right? Give me, tell me what you've used and what I need to focus on. So I like, know, and trust you. That's marketing. Now sell me something, whether it's your accountability and coaching and please some of your DIY, right? And your templates and your systems. Help me kind of get started on this. Ask my premium, like primary questions, and then I can hand it over to people. I'm like that. You're like that. I see a lot of OTs like that too. And again, I love seeing these patterns. This is where like the scientist in me is like, oh, pattern, oh, pattern for... (laughs) One of the reasons I love that silly quiz is because I'm like, guys, there's just patterns. Like if you're here, do this. If you're here, do this. And if you're here, do this, right? Yeah. Um, So I just love hearing about this kind of sweet spot that you're in and all of this synthesis. Ooh, I love that part. Okay. I don't want to miss our third pillar, which is impact. And there, I mean, you've alluded to a few things that are under this pillar and those include inhabiting your zone of genius. You haven't used those words, but we've talked a lot about it. We have another subset of 
impact called Finding Your Freedom, which is really about what are the tasks that you should be doing? Like how many hours Mm -hmm. should you be working and what should you actually be doing? Like what is Mm -hmm. a $10 task versus a $10,000 task? And the last one might not have a lot of systems attached to it, but it's like, then what are you going to do with that time and that money to shape your community, shape your family? So under this, is there anything that kind of light bulbs up for you? I, I was thinking about, this has been a big mindset thing for me. And the being in the mindset to eventually get to the place of delegation mm. and having the, some recognizing the mindset of, I can do everything. Yeah. I'm the best one to do the job. To, okay, wait, what am I inconsistent at? What doesn't align with me? What doesn't meet my values? And what more impact could I have if I delegated this task? And sometimes in order to have that bigger impact, there are some things that I think I still do that you could deem... I wouldn't say $10 tasks, but they're like on the lower end. But at this stage of our business, I still want to be doing them. And for me, that's customer calls. Um, I thought you were going to say Canva. Everybody's answer to that question is Canva. If you could get me a social media manager, I would never touch it again. (laughs) I'll get right on that. That I'll, I'll work on that tomorrow as I also don't 100% have one, but keep going. Yeah. Okay. So no. it's not Canva because everybody, that is, is a hill. Oh no. Fighting me on. They're like, you ply away this $10 Canva task from my cold dead hands. Mm-mm. I will fire you. I'm like, you can have it. <laughs> That's kind of what I say to people too. Okay. So actually this has been the only reason I'm consistent on social media is because I've hired people to help me be consistent on social media. And I had to really recognize that it was a necessary part of our business and that that is how that consistency was going to come. But no, it's customer calls. I call everyone who comes into a trial or who comes in paid. I would say none of the calls I don't call me back, but I want people to know that I'm there. I want people to know that we have this personal touch point. And I know at some point I that won't be feasible. But right now at this stage, it's really important to me. I actually think that's amazing business. And while you can keep it, you should. There's yeah. an, there's another thing that people often do fight me with against for, what is it? Fight me for against is um, <laughs> sales. Like if you're in the mm. scale phase, especially, I'm like, for mm-hmm. crying out loud, get like teach, here's your sales process. I know you've got one. Let's yeah. make it repeatable and now hand it off to somebody. And yeah. there are quite a few OTs that I have spoken to Jane Irby being one in particular, and she's like, you will never take that away from me. Like, Mm. I am calling every parent back and selling Mm. to them. Mm. And I think there's pros and cons. Also, if it lights you up, I think just being that close to your customers is a good idea anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's... Because I've wrestled with this a little bit, and I actually... Right now, we're doing a lot of... It's all inbound. We're not doing any outbound sales. And you know, we have people coming in, and I'm just trying to keep on top of what's coming in. And I want to do outbound, but we don't have an outbound sales strategy yet. And again, with like every piece of the business as we grow, I feel like I kind of need to get a handle on it first. But it's something that sales is like... She's like this whole other animal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's marketing and then sales is this mm-hmm. whole other thing and outbound sales. And so no, it. I would love to hire someone to set up my sales strategy and have mm-hmm. them do it. I think that would be 
And I, and I'd be happy if they then, you know, at a certain point we're like, here, talk to Ashley. Exactly. Right. But I don't want to make, I don't want to make all those phone calls. No, yeah. thank you. I don't want to yeah. send all those emails. Like yeah. I want to talk to you when you're ready. Yeah. I love it. I can picture, I just had this picture of you like outgrowing the ability to connect with every single one of your customers in that way. And like then being on Undercover Boss. Do you know that show? <laughs> Maybe it shows I watch too much television. This is Sally. Exactly. You go like you go into people's like house. How would you do that? How would you undercover boss a, a SaaS tool? That would get a little creepy in their houses and their offices. Okay, I digress. Yeah. You know, other podcasts would have cut that part out. <laughs> we don't. We keep the silly stuff in too. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions and then we're going to okay. tell people how to find you and what's been going okay. on with you. And I feel like there's so many more things I want to talk about. I know. Well, that's why I said, are you ready? What else do you want to talk about? Oh, you know, um, the one missed? thing I, well, one thing I did want to highlight and, and maybe this is going to come into the rapid fire questions, but just, I think recognizing where you're at as an entrepreneur and being patient with yourself. When I was at the beginning, I wanted to do everything all at once and yeah. I didn't understand how to slow down and, and do things in in their time and take it a little bit slower. And it really just comes back to, if you are not working on yourself as a person, mm. you are going to stunt the growth of your business. And I have seen it. I have felt it. And I haven't at different times known how to get to that next step, but it does come. If you are, are if you're open to that growth and as you grow in belief and confidence within yourself and your business, then you start to trust other people mm-hmm. to come into your business to help you grow it. I just wanted to touch on that. I love it. You know, I heard somebody say a very long time ago, and I'm going to, you know, swear her because it's like my podcast, but being an entrepreneur, it will just take all your shit and throw it back in your face. Right. Yes. And then you add that we're therapists on top of it. I'm surprised yeah. we're still standing. And then you work with your husband. <laughs> and then you pathologize your children because you're also a peds OT. <laughs> and then you start marriage counseling because you're oh, like... my word. Right? It's like, we have to communicate better. We are running a business. <laughs> we have to be able to like say hard things. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. You know, at this point, I might not have a functional light bulb in my closet. <laughs> But I have been able to skip the marriage counseling part for now. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. So I think you've shown ridiculous amounts of self-reflection and bravery. And have you always been like that? Have you always been so growth mindseted? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. In my early life, it came from a real place of negativity. Mm. I need to be better. I'm not enough. What can I do more? But I have always wanted to be more and wanted to be better. Mm. It cut me down for Mm. a lot of years until I started to really do work on myself and Mm. understand how I could allow that reflective piece that I could accept myself for who I was Mm. and for where I was going. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was a very black and white thinker Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to hold two thoughts at one time. Mm -hmm. But yes, reflection and vulnerability are definitely my superpowers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I was raised by a black and white thinker. I think Mm -hmm. my dad had a bit more gray, but my mom was more primary force and she was 
fully black and white thinking. And for years, well, maybe a year or two, this was many moons ago, I had stickies on my mirrors that said embrace the gray because mm. I was learning how to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel, so one of the things I talk about in my OT weekly report, CEO report, is to choose like a word for the year uh-huh. for business and are you living it out and to reflect mm-hmm. on that every week. But it was in another, po- like a re- more recent podcast episode and I can't remember which one it was. I talked a little bit about the physical health challenges I've been having and the fact that I've been doubling down on what I can deal with, which is like my mental health around all of it. And it's been actually fantastic. Like I feel mm. mentally the healthiest I felt in forever. And one of the things that the therapist, because I went back to a therapist to help me kind of get through this. And one of the things they said was, pick a word for your whole life. Hmm. And are you living that with like the most intentionality? And that's actually kind of where the last episode came from, that intuition versus data decision making. Mm-hmm. And anything, it's like your North Star, Yep. So it's your North Star in business, but I had never thought of making it a part of like my actual life word. And yeah. I thought about it and thought about it. And mine is actually growth. It really mm, is. As, and her, cool. So give an example. My therapist is adventure. That is not mm-hmm. me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if I ever jump out of an airplane. Just don't. Yeah. Friends invited me to go to the backcountry this weekend. I was excited. And then they had to cancel. And I was like, oh, well. But to an adventurer, that would be a loss. Yeah. To a person with a growth mindset, it's not a loss. So as long as I'm, you know, if I sell this house, if I decide to downsize, like, I'm also a brand new empty nester. I've got some really cool opportunity. Well, some challenges like we all do. And so having that North Star just really allows me to be comfortable in all the decisions. And I just hear it so much in you as well. That word Mm -hmm. at least, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, and you've always done that without knowing that you were doing that. True. (laughs) So you subscribe to, to kind of summarize it, you subscribe to that theory, which I agree that like personal development equals business development and business development (laughs) equals personal development. They're like tied into, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you for making sure we talk about that as well. All right. Rapid fire questions. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Okay. What is your biggest personal splurge, Ashley Reyna? I had to really think about this because <laughs> you've heard them before. They are not surprise questions to anybody anymore. Okay, yeah. What is Actually, it? I asked Mike. Oh, cool. And he's like, shoes. I was like, I haven't bought a pair of shoes for two years. Right? I wouldn't guess that about you. No. And then he's right. like, clothes. I'm like, I what? pick up You're my wearing cl- a Joe Fresh t-shirt right now. How did you know? Because I'm, I'm wearing a Joe Fresh dress. <laughs> People outside of Canada, these are clothes you can buy at the grocery store. They're pretty awesome. But they're t- this was $29. That was my response. <laughs> I, I actually believe picked, I nailed that. That's I actually awesome. picked this one up at Value Village. Let's get more specific. <laughs> so you have the reused Joe Fresh. You have the $9 Joe Fresh t-shirt. Okay, I'm loving uh, it. So then I was like, food. He was like, no, you don't. I'm like, I love eating out. Mm. Um, it's experiences. Okay. That's where I splurge. Tell I me really the latest one or one that's upcoming. Tell me about that. Oh, uh, this summer we we did a couple different experiences. One was camping, and the other one we stayed at a condo with my dad and a Soyuz for a few days. Mm. And it was just, it was everything. We got to being able to get away from home and not be focused on the day-to-day tasks and just mm. like 
relaxing and Mm -hmm. enjoying time together. I'm very much a quality time Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And I, that was a a really enjoyable experience Mm -hmm. this summer. Yeah. There's some experiences. One of the most beautiful places in the world. Like, let's just, I mean, let's not skip over that. Well, I really do. And so with that, you know, I can stay home and not spend too much money and have some pretty awesome experiences, but it does cost quite a bit to live here. (laughs) Fair. Good point. So that's a really good point. What about business related? What is your biggest business related splurge? I think it's hiring other people to do the things that I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's what it you know, is. Let's let's challenge each other on that a little bit. Okay. Because I'm not even sure that's a splurge. Sometimes I yeah. just, I mean, that's actually good business practice. Like well, again, to the $10 tasks or yeah. the 100 or the stuff you're not good at. Yeah. You're not actually supposed to be doing it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm such a minimalist. Yeah, I mean, in, yes. In, in, a, in a lot of ways, I, I don't know. It's probably the systems that we pay for, yeah, honestly. I say that. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. such a good tie-in. <laughs> Nicely done. You did really good conclusions and essays, didn't you? When I like petered <laughs> out and wondered how to circle back, you're like, I got this. <laughs> okay. Do you have any help in your life, paid or unpaid? Yeah. So unpaid, I have an incredible family. Mm. Um, now, we we don't have much family around us, Mm -hmm. but my kids are so helpful Mm -hmm. and they know how hard Mike and I work and they pick up their share. And we have friends that help with childcare and I could not do what I do without the incredible family that I belong to, my boys Mm -hmm. and Mike. And especially this last year, having a baby and she's Mm -hmm. eight months old, we are all raising her. Mm -hmm. It is not just on me. And that they allow me the ability to grow and to and encourage me to do that. So that's one of my unpaid Such help. Such a good answer. I saw I, on social media, actually, you just reminded me, I almost DM'd you after this because it really resonated with me. It didn't feel trite. Was it Oliver? Or was it Malachi? And you um, had done, did you do it in your backyard? Did you do service to a neighbor? And then they said, mom, let's do more. Let's find other people we can help. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know the Nextdoor app. It's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So someone had posted, hey, my husband hurt his shoulder. We need someone to mow our lawn. And I was like, cool. I can come over with my 11-year-old. And we went over and she's like, I really want to pay you. And I was like, please don't. Yeah. I want him to know that service, service yeah. is important. And I was like, you could give him a cookie or some lemonade. like, But... Mm-hmm. And so we went and afterwards, he's like, that was fun. Who else can we help? And we've really been instilling acts of kindness and Mm -hmm. and those things. And he is just a very beautiful, empathetic soul. Mm -hmm. I think he comes by it really naturally and it's enjoyable to to foster that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having that around every day. So beautiful. The the other piece was so we hired interns this year. This has been really cool. cool. Uh, there's a number of OTs that are really interested in getting into tech, and one of them is in UX design. And so we have two OT internships right now that work with Mike on UX design, and it has been so cool to see what they're doing and to see them grow. 
So that's been really fun. And then I have an intern working with me on the customer success side of things and teaching her about customer service. And she's helping me with some different projects. So we're giving them some experience that way and trying to help them grow because they're looking to exit rehab into these other fields. That is brilliant. Yeah. Talk about a pipeline. That's brilliant. And talk about like a... You had all these opportunities coming to you, I imagine. People were calling you, wanting your mentorship or whatever. And then you were like, okay, well, how can we make this fair and equitable? How can we make this build on the theme of reciprocity, right? And like, I hate win-win, but I mean, it kind of is in this case. I hate that expression. Oh, that's so great. How do you solve the problem? And then paid help. We have a virtual assistant. We have a help desk support person. We have programmers that work for us. We pay for coaching, life coaching, business coaching, bookkeeper, accountant, and a cleaner. Those would be our paid help. I love it. Thank you for being so thorough on that answer. I think that gives people <laughs> such a great picture, right? They just want a picture in their mind of yeah. how what they're doing compares to what this very impressive interviewee is doing. I love that. <laughs> okay, last question. And then we're going to talk about, you know, how people find you and promos and fun stuff like that. So if I could wave my magic money wand and put seven figures, a million dollars into your business right now, into Therabyte, what would you spend it on? Marketing. And something, a new terminology to us called product-led growth. And product-led growth is all about using your product to sell. That everything that you do within your business, your growth strategy is around your product. Mm -hmm. And we see different ways that we can do that. And some of it's building features. Some of it is building onboarding experiences. But yes, if we could have that money and just really focus on product-led growth within our marketing and more marketing that would be it. Can you be specific in terms of more marketing? I'm curious. Uh, Yeah. So we actually have done very little paid marketing at this point. We get a lot of referrals from current customers. We've done, you know, social media, a lot of organic things. We've tried ranking organically on SEO and I'm ready. And we knew we wanted to when we kind of turn those on, we wanted to have the automation in place and the systems in place. And so we're ready to pay and increase our our reach. Great. That's good. I'm glad I have a clear picture now and it's really specific. Thanks. I agree, by the way. I'd probably do the exact same thing. Okay. So in terms of where people can find you, let's talk generally and then let's talk about a little fun thing we've got going on. So how mm-hmm. can people find you if they want to follow you to learn about your growth as a CEO, learn about Therabyte, etc. Where where do you live? I'm most on Instagram. That I would say that's where we're most active, but we do have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a LinkedIn channel. Myself personally, I am more on our company Instagram page and then my personal LinkedIn page. Those would be the two big places. I am trying to be on Facebook (laughs) in groups. Like I see a lot of good things there. It's just not somewhere I naturally go to. So, yeah. So, what's the IG address for Therabyte? We'll put it in our show notes. Uh, Therabyte app. Great. Good to know. So before we sign off, I want to let people know, and it's going to be, if you're listening to this in a specific time period, you're going to hear our ad that's talking very specifically about this. But you and I are in the process, and we've always been talking about it and doing a few things of building a relationship in terms of a bonus. So people that buy into any of our programs here at OTs Get Paid will be getting a bonus 
from Therabyte in terms of access to the app. I'm not going to get too into specifics because if you're listening to this in a year, it'll have changed and the ads will tell you exactly what they are. But I'm really, really excited. It's a very easy partnership. You know, in terms of being transparent and showing strategy, leveraging other people's audiences and finding symbiotic products and services that you can connect with is a really great strategy for mm-hmm. increasing reach and, and increasing sales. And in this case, it's so easy because I am coaching people in like start, grow, and scale. You're coming in to help them with systems. We've talked about it, especially people in the growth phase. And it's such a match anyways, because I know exactly what you guys have created from the ground up, right? Yep. And so to those of you who want to learn more about this bonus, you know, follow us. And again, the ad will tell you a bit more specifically for what we're launching right now. And again, think about how you could find something that fits as well. There's nothing, you know, sleazy or odd or awkward about this. It's legitimately, this is the best way to get it done, right? Find somebody that you connect with, find somebody that you resonate with in terms of values and mission and do your people need this? Would they want this, right? And vice versa. And so I love being able to kind of, you know, pull back the curtain as I've talked about in the OT Entrepreneur Summit as that tagline to say like, this is a way, this is showing you how it can get done. So I'm really excited about that in the future. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Ashley. This was such a treat and the longest one we've done in a long time. Oh, I'm sorry. I have. I'm apologizing again. Okay, yeah, there's no apologizing. And it's a pro. People love it. Like people, they don't, the numbers show us that people don't really leave it. Like people listen. Yeah, this was so fun. I I have so much to say and I've been so excited for this conversation. Can I give one little plug? Oh, yeah. For Therabyte? Oh, yeah. Uh, So we have been primarily in Canada. And right now we're doing a soft launch in the US. So we are officially HIPAA compliant and we're not advertising in the States yet. We are calling it a soft launch as we understand more about the US market, but we will be doing a bigger launch next spring. And so we're really excited about connecting more with our American friends. So I just wanted to to share that with people. That's spring 2023. Yes. Wonderful, because people will be listening to this for a while. Thank you so much for today, Ashley. This was fun. Thanks, Trish. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.